Welcome to the Eastridge Church South Campus Podcast. We bring to you the message portion of our Sunday services in a convenient podcast form. You can listen on your way to work, during your lunch break, or even during your workouts. We want to put tools in your pocket to help you throughout the week. If you would like to find out who we are or what we are about, please visit us at eastridge.church. All right, let's go. We're in our series called Witness, where we've been talking about that God has called us to be witnesses of what He has seen and what He has done. And we've been walking through the book of Acts, and that's really what a witness is. A witness just tells what they've seen, what they've seen happen, uh, what's been done, and they just share that. And God's been calling us, and we've been looking at the book of Acts, just looking at different people and how they were witnesses and how it worked in their life. And super excited about today and what's going on. And today is a story of contrast. And I don't know if you know what a contrast is. A contrast is two things that are strikingly different. And I'm going to give you some some examples of contrast. I'll say the first word, and then you say the one that's strikingly different. All right? So everybody gets to play along. Good and... Man, you guys are really a lot smarter than I thought you were. So anyway, hot and... Light and... New and... Open and, okay, well, I was going to say shut, but anyway, that's okay. Close the work. All right, tall and, Pastor Scott. Yes, you're right. Yes, 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 that is correct. Right. All right, gray hair and, Pastor Scott. He has no hair. Yes. I'm just going to keep going, Pastor Scott, for the next 40 minutes. Okay. Winners and, Falcons fans. Yes, yes, Falcons fans. Yes. I'm a Falcons fan. Don't, don't hate on me. Don't hate on me. Success and all right. summer and and Georgia, which is summer, winter, fall, all in the same week, you know. So, so we get that there's contrast, and we use these uh, contrasts when we want to make a statement, we want to win an argument, when we want to answer a question. Like we use them in a wedding. Uh, uh, wedding, we get up and do our vows. It's, it's contrast, better or worse. Rich or poor, sickness and health. So using contrast. And today, we're going to look at two stories of two group of people, and it's just simply a contrast. And in some ways, it seems close, but when you dig down, you peel off like an onion, it's really clear that they're strikingly different. The contrast today is all in versus appearing all in. All in versus appearing all in. And on the surface, they look the same. They look, they look the same. Like, you know, we can, we can look all in and when following Jesus and, and, or, but am I really, am I really all in? Or do I just have the appearance of all in? And I, I've just got a couple of things. Like the appearance of all in is that you're more than 50% committed. Maybe you're 90%. Man, that sounds great. Look, this it's not a judgmental thing. I'm just telling you that we're devoted when it feels good. And when it feels good, when things line up, I'm devoted. Or that I'm determined when it benefits me. When it benefits me, I'm, I'm all in. I'm determined. That I look good. That I clean up. 
Did I say the right things? I got the Christian lingo. Praise God. Amen, brother. Praying for you. But I'm really not all in. And then you have all in. All in is I'm 100%. I'm 100% in. That I'm devoted. That I'm determined. That I'm being changed by Jesus. That I'm following Jesus. That I'm on mission with Jesus. That I'm all in. And so today, we're going to look at two stories in Acts of a couple that appeared to be all in and then a group of followers who were all in. Just look at the, you're just going to look at the difference and then we're going to answer a couple of questions. Am I appearing to be all in? And the second one, am I all in? Here's the first one. Let's look at the story here. Acts chapter 5. Now let me tell you what's been going on. The church is rocking and rolling. It's going great. Um, thousands are coming to faith. It is, it is, it is a movement. Unbelievable. Lives are being changed. People are coming to know Jesus. The church is growing. And what's happening is, behind the scenes, is that uh, believers are spontaneously selling their possessions and giving it to the poor. That nobody's telling them. They're just, they're wanting, they're just so enamored with following Christ. Their lives have been changed that they, they realize, hey, we've got stuff and some of our brothers and sisters who are believers don't have and they're selling stuff. As a matter of fact, one guy sells some land and they change his name. They give him a nickname, uh, Bar Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. So they, they're giving out nicknames to people because they are just all in selling out. And then we come to Acts chapter 5. And it says, but there was a certain man named Ananias who with his wife Sapphira sold some property. So here's what's going on. They, they, they kind of get on the bandwagon too. Hey, people are selling property. We're going to sell some property. Good intentions here. Good intentions. He brought part of the money to the apostles claiming it was the full amount. Now here's the problem. The problem was not that he sold the land and kept part of the money for himself. So let's just give an example here. Let's just say he sold the land for $10,000. I'm going to use even numbers because I'm, I'm not good at math, okay? And he kept $1,000 for himself, which means he gave $9,000 to the church. But he claimed when they asked him how much it was, he said, I only got $9,000. Do you see the problem here? The problem wasn't that he kept the 9,000. The problem was that he said he only got 9,000. I mean, kept the 1,000. The problem was that he said he only got 9,000 because he wanted to give the appearance that I'm all in. With his wife's consent, he kept the rest. Then Peter said, Ananias, why have you let Satan fill your heart? You lied to the Holy Spirit and kept some of the money for yourself. Again, that was not the problem, that he kept some of the money for himself. The problem was is that he lied about it, and he wanted to have this appearance of being all in. I don't know if he wanted a nickname or something like that, but he, but he wanted recognition. The property was yours to sell or not sell, as you wished. After selling it, the money was also yours to give away. Same thing I just went over. Peter's going over with him. How could you do a thing like this? You weren't lying to us, but to God. As soon as Ananias heard these words, he fell to the floor and died. Does anybody feel nervous now? Because I've told a few lies, haven't you? I've said some things I shouldn't have done. Everyone who heard about it was terrified. Could you imagine being in church that day? Maybe we went to church, some guy told a lie and died. It was pretty cool, really. I don't know. Then some young men got up, wrapped him in a sheet, took him out and buried him. 
About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened, which is kind of unbelievable that people in the church could keep that quiet. Peter asked her, what is the price you and your husband received for your land? Was this, I'm sorry, was this the price you and your husband received for your land? Yes, she replied, that was the price. Again, the whole deception. Deception was, hey, we're saying this was the price when really we got more because we want to look better than what we really are. Now, let me ask you something. Have you ever wanted to look better than what you really are? Have you ever embellished the situation so that you could look better? Fudged? Nudged? Isn't the truth is we all want to look better than what we really are? Isn't the truth that we like appearances? That I want to appear, listen, I want to appear that I got it all together. I want to appear that I'm following Jesus closely. Years ago, a woman came up to me and said, I, and, and I didn't know her, she came to church, she said, I've seen you at the ball field. And I immediately went, uh-oh. Because I've said some things that I have. We all want to appear better than what we really are. That's what's going on here. That they wanted the appearance of being all in. You know, used to when you came to church, they said, wear your Sunday best. Do you remember that? Wasn't that a facade? I'm not, look, I'm not, if you're dressed up, look, praise God you are. But we used to wear these nice clothes because we wanted to appear like we had it all together. We wanted to look nice, and I'm not opposed to looking nice. So look, if you want to dress up, dress up. I, wear whatever you want, just wear something, okay? <laughs> we wear our Sunday best. So I want to appear like I've got it together. How could you, the two of you ever think of conspiring to test the Spirit of the Lord like this? The young men who buried your husband are just outside the door and they will carry you out too. Instantly, she fell to the floor and died. The young men came in and saw that she was dead. They carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Great fear. I bet nobody told a lie for about three weeks. <laughs> Gripped the entire church and everyone else who heard what had happened. So let me ask you a question. Are you appearing to be all in? Because deception leads to disaster. I find that, or I found that the easiest person to deceive is myself. We rationalize, we make excuses. We tell ourselves that a Diet Coke and a Snickers cancel each other out. And when it comes to the Lord, we think we can deceive Him too. I'm going to just share a couple thoughts on this. Listen, the truth always comes out. You know that, don't you? The truth always comes out. That we never fool God. And if you're given the appearance 
that you're all in and you're not. You're really just deceiving yourselves. And I'm deceiving myself. So my question is this. Are you all in? Are you all in? This part right here, I have some help. I'm going to ask Lizzie Teasley to come on the stage. Lizzie, Lizzie is one of our high school students. She is a junior at Eastside High School. Would you welcome her warmly? <clears throat> Lizzie is a great athlete. And this is not an understatement. She uh, just received a uh, uh, first team all-region in soccer. And she received first team all-region in basketball. Lizzie, how many points did you average a game in basketball about? Uh, about 16. 16 points a game. And, uh, yeah, she's a very good athlete, yes. And uh, we have several good athletes. I was thinking about this. We have several good athletes here at the church. We have several kids that, that are getting athletic scholarships this year. Uh, uh, soccer, baseball, football. Really, really excited about that. And uh, I'll be mentioning that in the weeks ahead. Um, but I talked to Lizzie just for a little bit about being all in. So Lizzie, in sports, what does it mean to be all in? Yes. So in sports, to me, being all in, all in is being fully committed and fully disciplined when people are watching and when people are not watching. I've always been taught that when you're together as a team, you know, every single one of you is getting better. You're all um, working at a goal that you want to achieve to be the best, right? But when you wake up at 5 a.m. when your teammates are asleep or midnight working on your form or ball handling skills or shot in soccer or whatever it is, is when you begin to be better than who they are because they're asleep and not working. And that's how you begin to succeed. But be careful to believe what succeed means because when I think of succeed, I think of first place. You know, that's the ultimate goal. But when you set your mind on that, you'll never be satisfied with yourself because you're going to lose. No matter how good you are, no matter if you're the best basketball player, no matter what, you're going to lose. You're going to lose a battle at some point in your life. So succeeding is being working hard to be being better than who you were yesterday to prepare you for tomorrow. All right. So you've been on teams uh, with people and you've been on teams with people that appear to be all in, but they weren't. Tell me what that's like. Yes, um, absolutely. It's it's honestly really difficult sometimes because um, especially where I'm at now, the where I play with, they're all very, very, very talented. And being all in, it takes everything. You got to be at practice and not only be at practice, but you got to mentally be at practice. And sometimes that's really difficult to do. And um, for example, there's this girl on my team, extremely good one of the best point guards I've ever played with. And she has um, some offers to Vanderbilt and stuff. And because of that, she can could just show up and drop 20 points because she's just that good. But the problem is when she doesn't show up to practice, but maybe once every two weeks. And when she's not at practice, we're learning plays and she's the captain, the main person that's got to start the play, call the play. And when she doesn't know the play, we can't execute the play. And so if she doesn't know the play, then it just hurts our team because yes, she's scoring, but everyone else is just scattered trying to figure out where to go because she doesn't know what to do. And that hurts the team because, you know, we could be really good if we play together and we're all in, you know, my coach has always said that you're as strongest as your weakest link. So. Yeah. So let's correlate that. So what does it mean to you to be all in for Jesus? 
Yes. So it comes down to two things. Being all in for Jesus is one, spending time. That's that's the main thing that, you know, everyone says, and it's probably one of the hardest things that I have had to overcome, you know, taking, waking up an hour extra earlier to make sure that I spend at least 30 minutes reading, you know, and when you're having to wake up for sports at 5 a.m., it's really hard to wake up at 4.30 to spend time with Jesus. And so I think that's very important. And then second is having faith that God can do the impossible, because if you're spending time with Jesus, and I truly believe that if you're spending time with Jesus, your faith will begin to get higher and higher and higher. But if you don't have faith, then you don't believe that God can do the impossible. And that means that when you go into circumstances, you don't believe that he tells you to do it, but he's not going to do anything with this. And so you got to make sure that you have faith. So, um, you, you believe that he can execute. And that comes down to three things that I live by is listen, follow directions and execute. And the beautiful thing about these three things is you only have to do two because God executes, you know, and listening is probably one of the hardest things that I've ever done. Because, for example, if I'm talking to Gary, Pastor Gary, and I ask him um, a question and I just walk away. There's no point in asking the question because I didn't get an answer, you know, and sometimes I do that with Jesus. You know, I'll ask a question, say a prayer, say amen and walk away and do something else. And I didn't get anything from it because I didn't listen. And so taking 10 seconds to be like, what did he say? You know, and then following directions, you know, whatever it is, even if it seems impossible, follow his directions because he can do the impossible. And then that leads to the execution that you just have to be there because he's going to execute it. And so then if you live by them three things, you'll always be all in. That's good, Lizzie. Last one. Why are you all in? Why do you want to be all in? So I want to be all in for two things. And one of my favorite Bible verses ever is Ephesians 2.8. You know, for grace, you have been saved through faith, but not through yourself, through the gift of God. And um, Jesus sacrificed his life so we can live. And, you know, we say that all the time. But like when you really think about it, if he didn't do that, we would be dead forever living for no reason. And that leads to purpose. You know, I want to be all in because he gives me a purpose. You know, we live life, many people live life and they just feel like they're meaningless because they don't have a purpose. You know, why, why should I go um, pay for the person behind me? You know, cause it's just about me. I don't have a purpose to do that. Why should I let that car front and cut in front of me and not get mad about it? Because, you know, it doesn't matter, right? I can yell at them. They should, I need to be on time. Right. And so that leads to purpose. And, you know, Many people in this world, you know, we, we struggle with depression. And one of my favorite people, Miss Stephanie, she... Stop. Um, she didn't say me. I'm real hurt. <laughs> <laughs> she told me, you know, the opposite of depression is not happiness. The opposite of depression is purpose. Mm. You know, you can't be happy without a purpose, you know. And if you have a purpose, you'll begin to be happy. So having a purpose is very simple, you know, understanding that God created you for a purpose to live, to lead, to be an example for people around you to see. And when you're just a light, you know, it's crazy the things that Jesus can do through you. Thanks, Lizzie. Thanks you're for welcome. sharing us here for Lizzie. Thank you.
Am I all in? Are you all in? I'm going to read some Scripture. First, there's a group of people that, whoops, that appear, I don't need it, um, that appeared, not that anybody was going to go get it, but anyway. <laughs> who appeared to be all in. And then we get a picture of some guys that are all in. Look, they're all in. One of the guys at church, my friend Pete, says that um, in our culture we have Christianity light. These guys didn't. We're here today because 2,000 years ago, some guys were all in. It cost them everything. I'm going to read the Scriptures to you. I want you to think about their commitment. Think about what was going on. All right, it says, the high priest and the officials who were Sadducees were filled with jealousy because the church is rocking and rolling. It's going great. They're filled with jealousy. And so they arrested the apostles and put them in public jail. Did you hear that? They got arrested. They're put in jail for the faith. But an angel of the Lord came at night and opened the gates of the jail and brought them out. And he told them, go out to the temple and give the people the message of life. Hey, I know you got arrested. I'm going to gut you out. Go do it again. Go do it again. So at daybreak, the apostles entered the temple, and they, as they were told, and immediately began teaching. When the high priest and his officials arrived, they would convene the high council, the full assembly of the elders of Israel. And then they sent for the apostles to be brought from the jail for trial. But when the temple guards who went to the jail, the men were gone. So they returned to the council and reported, the jail was securely locked with guards standing outside, but when we opened the gates, no one was there. When the captain of the temple and the, of the guard and the leading priests heard this, they were perplexed, wondering where it would all end. Then someone arrived with startling news. The men you put in jail are standing in the temple teaching the people. The captain went with the temple guards and arrested apostles, arrested them again without violence, for they're afraid the people would stone them. Then they brought the apostles before the high council where the high priest confronted them. We gave you strict orders never to teach in this man's name. Instead, you have filled all Jerusalem with your teaching about him and you want to make us responsible for his death, which they were. But Peter and the apostles replied, listen to this. We must obey God rather than any human authority. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead and you killed Him by hanging Him on the cross. Then God put Him in the place of honor at His right hand as Prince and Savior. He did this so the people of Israel would repent of their sins and be forgiven. Here's the word. We are witnesses. All in witnesses. We're all in witnesses of these things. And so is the Holy Spirit who is given by God to those who obey Him. They were all in. What does it mean to be all in? It means you're 100%. Look, it doesn't mean you're perfect. It just means there's effort there. It means you're devoted. It means you're determined. I'm going I'm to throw some things out here. It means you sacrifice willingly. It means you suffer and rejoice. Something we don't do well in our culture at all. 
It means you serve. It means you obey. There's a line in there where where Peter says, uh, we need to obey God more than any human authority. Sometimes the authority that we put above God is ourselves. Instead of obedience, we make excuses. Look, I'm talking to myself here. I know it's a hard message. We make ourselves the authority. Well, that doesn't, that doesn't, that doesn't count for me. I'm excluded from that one. I'm going to do what I want to do. That's not all in. All in is He's Lord. I'm not. He's the boss. I'm not. I'm following Him. He's not following me. That's all in. Look how this ends. The others accepted this advice. They didn't know what to do with the apostles. They were thinking about killing them, and they thought if they did, it'd just make them martyrs, and it would just, this thing would never end. And so they decided to call them together to have them flogged, which is beaten with a whip 39 times. Have them flogged, and then told not to tell anybody about Jesus. That's what happened to them. They called them in. The apostles had them flogged. And in order never to speak again in the name of Jesus, and they let him go. Now here's the part that's mind-blowing. The apostles left the high council rejoicing that God had counted them worthy to suffer disgrace for the name of Jesus. And every day in the temple, from house to house, they continued to teach and preach the message that Jesus is the Messiah. They were all in. They're all in. Are you all in? Am I all in? Why would you want to be going, Gary? Why would I want to be if that's the result? I'll tell you why. Lizzie hit Lizzie hit on it. You know what's funny about Lizzie called me. She texted me this week. I asked her to do it. She said, Hey, um, do you want to know my answers? I said, No, I trust you. I know I, I trust that what you're going to say. And she used the word purpose. When you're all in, God gives you a supernatural purpose. And wrapped in that supernatural purpose is a supernatural power that you get to partner with God to watch Him change you and the world around you. The world needs Jesus. It needs witnesses. But not half-hearted ones. Not ones that appear and, and we clean up good on Sunday, but on Monday we look like everybody else. It's not about perfection. It's about devotion. Are you all in? Am I all in? Here's how I want to close today. I want to give you a chance to be all in. Maybe you do this in your seat. I'm going to go and ask Cameron to go and come on the stage. Maybe you do this in your seat. I'm going to have a time of just where we're committing ourselves to being all in. Or maybe today you've never accepted Christ, never understood that Jesus sacrificed for you. We, we kind of led this, this is our King. He sacrificed for us. That it's worth it following Christ. You're never going to regret. I'm going to be down front. would love to pray with you. I'd love to talk with you. Or maybe you want to come down front and pray. Whatever God's calling you to do. But I'm going to pray for us right now. And when we do, I'm going to ask you to stand and and Cameron's going to just lead us in song and maybe, maybe today is your day. Let's have a time of devotion. Father, we come to you. 
And Lord, we readily admit that there's times where we're not all in. Lord, I can say there's times I'm not all in. But I want to be, Lord. And today I am. I commit to you, I am. All in. That I'm following you, you're not following me. Wherever you lead. So Lord, I pray for us. I pray for anyone here today that needs to make a decision for you. To renew a commitment. To repent. Or to receive you for the first time. Pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Would you stand with me? Thank you for listening today. If you would like to speak with someone about the message you just heard, or if you would like to pray with someone, send us an email at info at eastridge.church. If you feel led to support the ministry at Eastridge, please visit eastridge.church give. Thank you for your generosity. Remember, no matter where you are in life, God loves you. We love you, and you have a family at East Ridge Church.